commence primary ignition. Primary ignition. This is the way. This is the way. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. What is up, all of you Ugnots and Jawas out there? And welcome back to yet again another edition of the Book of Boba Fett After Show presented by Mando Talk. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is the final one, at least unless they decide to make a uh, season two. But thankfully and luckily for all of us, DJ Foster is here to discuss this finale with us. DJ, what is up? How is life? What did you think of the finale? Let's just go ahead and get after it. Life is good. Life is in on in the in the non-Star Wars side of things. It's fantastic. You know, nice. Uh, you know, even in the Star Wars things, it's pretty fantastic. I I can't. I have I have some complaints. I'll just be I'll be honest and upfront, but. Not not very many, to be to completely honest with you. I've I've thought been able to think it through. <laughs> There's a reference I didn't intend. I didn't, Love it. <laughs> didn't Love mean it. to. I, I was able to think it through honestly and, and kind of just figure out where I really stand. And um I think maybe our listeners and maybe even you, Kayla, will be surprised by a few of the things I have to say tonight. So we'll we'll see. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, great finale. Um, for the most part. Maybe there's an issue here or two, but very few honestly what about you man dude life is great life is phenomenal and life is phenomenal because we continue to get star wars content honestly that's just kind of how i'm feeling right now but i'm kind of like you yes i i have my own personal kind of complaints um they're not too big honestly i have to admit this on the first viewing on the first viewing after i got done watching the finale I paused. And I think if I remember correctly, DJ, I, I texted you. Maybe it was Zach or somebody else, maybe Discord. Who knows? You know, it all kind of blends in sometimes. I said, you know, I, especially that early in the morning. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I got to think about this one for a while. Honestly, was kind of my initial reaction yeah. to it. I, I got to collect my thoughts again. Very glad. Very luckily, we wait until Thursday to do a spoiler discussion so we can wrap our heads around it. And on a second viewing, it was better. Uh, I think I was able to leave all the expectations at the doorstep and not take them in as I viewed it. And so I, I enjoyed it a lot more. And I know I've seen people that absolutely loved it. I've seen people that absolutely despised it. And, and again, kind of what we do here on Spoiler Discussions is we try to focus on the positives and the things that we really enjoyed. And, you know, we'll share our some our complaints whenever we get to them. And and like right now, I'm just not really feeling negative. So I we'll see. We'll see what comes out. But uh, sure. any, any final things that you want to say before we actually get into this spoiler discussion? You know, it's it's hard to feel upset when we were dropped so much information over the last 24 hours about other Star Wars projects, uh, namely a different stranger from the desert emerging. Um, yeah. So I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about that, um, maybe even tonight, but definitely on Tuesday. So y'all come back Tuesday to hear more about 
all the news that that have, has come out and who knows what else is going to come out between oh now and then there is a yeah. ton of news and they've already stamped signed off on on things coming next um and yeah, yeah. i mean kenobi uh, let's be real kenobi's de- dominating right now twitter verse it's incredible webs everywhere yeah. people are ready for it and, and we'll see we'll we'll see if that's really even next i still feel like we have to address bad batch season two but we will shelve that conversation for another time so let's get into our spoiler discussion of chapter seven of the book of boba fett in the name of honor directed by robert rodriguez written by john favreau before we get going into the content of course in the name of honor when i saw that title you know i just had one of those reactions of okay that that sounds pretty good let's get to it yeah. DJ, what were your thoughts on the title the first word that came to mind was the word respect just there the idea of there being a mutual respect between and that i feel like that was very clear before anything else happened in the episode that it was going to be a mutual respect between din Djarin and boba fett I never, I never thought that it was going to lead really typically anywhere else. As far as you think about honor, mm-hmm. you think about, I, I think about movies and, and shows like saving private Ryan or band of brothers. And, and he, he, honestly, this episode of book of Boba gave me young guns vibes. I don't know if anybody's ever seen, if y'all seen young guns with Emilio Estevez and um, you know, like Charlie Sheen is in there as well. But you know, that is a movie where I don't know. You just you go through all these different things and you start to realize, OK, there's a certain camaraderie between these characters. And I felt that way about Din and Boba just based on the title. I mean, I'm just going to be really honest. just based on the title. I got a lot of feels in that realm. And then as the episode progressed, it just solidified that oh. for me. So I, I'm with you. This is a perfect name for this yeah. fi- for finale. I mean, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and and you nailed that on the head. I mean, the the relationship that we get from from Boba and Din continued in this was one of those things that was really superb. Uh, and so I can't mm. wait to to get to those moments. But before we get going, of course, I do want to say this: What's up, RFB? What's up, Rafa? What's up, Ryan V? We see you, and uh, keep on bringing yeah. the comments. Pre- keep on bringing the Mando chats as we are now officially yes. calling that um, and keep on bringing them to us. And we'll gladly discuss as we go along through this episode and final episode of the book of Boba Fett. So let's get to the opener. Of course, the opener is kind of the, the segment of the episode where it stuff goes down before we actually get the title uh, Boba and Finnick. We start off visiting the aftermath of the bombing in the sanctuary where Din Djarin arrives, claiming that Cobb Banth is raising a garrison for them and will arrive with reinforcements. Now, this may have been something that I missed last chapter. I may have just completely overlooked what Din and Cobb said when they were sitting down together, but I didn't realize for Din to get Cobb Vanth to join that Din promised to shut down the spice trade altogether. Maybe that just completely went over my head, but... Big, big time. The big takeaway of mine from this was that Finnick was not really pleased with this initially because that's that's just a lot of loss of business if they were going to completely shut down uh, that for them once they officially took over. But Boba Fett does end up agreeing to those terms. What did you think of just that? revelation i mean it sounds like I'm, I'm assuming that was probably revealed last week but i may have just completely missed it i think it was not so much revealed as it was implied gotcha. i felt the implications of that especially in the conversation that followed between Cobb vanth and cad bane 
mm-hmm. just I, I really felt like okay there's something more going on uh yeah. with the spice trade stuff and that to me was the you know in retrospect the solidification that the pikes were the main big baddies of this um of this series which is again in retrospect is totally i'm totally okay with um mm-hmm. i think other people may you know not you know take that on but as far as that being the um I don't know what it would, you'd call it, just the terms of agreement, I guess, as, as to whether or not the people of Freetown and Cobb Vanth would show up. Um, you know, I, I thought that that was kind of like, okay, it was definitely implied. It's kind of how sure. I looked at it. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think that, I think you nailed that again. Nailed that again. Okay. So next up here, the mod squad convinces Boba and company to stay in the sanctuary while they wait for reinforcements. And the, the reason for that is to protect the people of Moss Espa. Uh, if I'm being honest, okay, I did say I might not get negative, but this is one of those things that I may have seen a little bit of a complaint for as far as like, why, why does the mod squad all of a sudden care about the betterment of Moss Espa? Because earlier in this, in this show, they were just doing whatever made their lives better a little bit as far as just causing some havoc, as far as getting water and doing those things. But maybe they're just, they're just a group of for the people kind of, kind of crew. Like well, they realized I, that water yeah. was way too expensive, so they did something about it. So maybe that's just one thing that I'm internally struggling with. What are your thoughts on it? I kind of saw it more as don't mess with us because this is our home. And that's why they didn't like the idea of the guy from Dodgeball, you know. <laughs> yeah. With, of all the people to get a character poster, why did that guy <laughs> get a character poster? But that's that's a few weeks ago. I don't think I was on that. Maybe I wasn't on that episode of Mando Talk. I don't know, but um anyway all that to say um i think it was more of a hey this is our neighborhood don't mess with our neighborhood you know take ownership of you know i know this is kind of ridiculous but you know i i've heard people around my area will say they'll own the area code on their phone which i think is dumb but i mean you know i've seen people get it tattooed on them i'm like that's that's too much dedication to an area that's I don't know. That's ridiculous. But all that to say, I think that's a good indicator of how the mod squad operates. I think that they're like, this is my place. And so Boba, knowing that Boba cares so much, mm-hmm. I think they're kind of going with the idea of, okay, you care. Therefore I can look up to you. And that makes okay. me care more. You know, you kind of fall in line behind a leader you can really get with. I think it's kind of the idea there. That's yeah. how I took it. You know? No. And, yeah. and I think, I think you're, make you've i think you've turned me i think you've made me kind of see that perspective a little bit better and that's what this is all about you know open spoilers we'll see what we thought and and hopefully by the end of it maybe we enjoy everything about this uh episode fully okay next up cad bane uh ladies and gentlemen cad bane is in moss Eisley, full force visiting the pike leader and mayor mock shies to inform them of his venture to Freetown. It is revealed that the Pikes killed the Tuscan Raider tribe and they left evidence that the Nikto speed bikers did it. So it wasn't Cad Bane at all. It seems like Cad Bane really has just recently got into this. So who knows why he's necessarily there? What 
who necessarily hired him. I mean, we're led to believe it's the Pikes, but you know, speculation's always going to speculate. Uh, so we'll see yeah. maybe if that story gets told one day, some somewhere. Uh, but that was one reveal that I was honestly surprised by that it wasn't actually just Cad Bane. It was just the Pikes. Uh, then next up, another big takeaway of mine from this scene was that the mayor was definitely not a fan of, of the bombing of uh, Garza's sanctuary. Big time yeah. reveal for me there. So the mayor, I feel like, kind of got played throughout all of this, kind of like a red herring. Like we we didn't like him, but but he was really just getting tricked the, the whole time. Uh, and then Cad Bane reveals that he has an idea to draw Boba Fett out of the sanctuary. And that's kind of where the episode then begins. But DJ, what did you think on this first reintroduction of of cad bane and kind of getting some more dialogue and just more details of him being there what did you think of this opener for his character well i was never really sold on the idea that cad bane took out the tuscan tribe um although i like it that could have been a play how they made it you know all work together but you know there really was no reason for cad bane to have done that unless he knew boba was living amongst the tuscans and the only way he would have known that is if the Pikes had said to Cad Bane, okay, let's, this is the guy who's running us, you know, out of this area. And mm -hmm. that just didn't seem like it would have been a possibility given the story. Cause how would Cad Bane know that Boba survived the Sarlacc pit or any of that? You know, it just, there's just no way of knowing really, I feel like. So for me, that was the, one of the better things that we got to see was that it was the Pikes all along you know kind of a deal and I, I again i think that's an important thing to um remember especially in the retrospect of all seven episodes and this is one of those things like it, it's kind of like when you go back and rewatch solo the first time you watch it you're kind of like i'm not sure about this and then mm. when you rewatch it you're like this is this is a freaking awesome movie you know as you continue to watch it and my wife hillary has said so many times that she loves solo because it's the one star wars movie she can walk into without needing to know background information Fair. And and that's that's accurate about that. I mean, that's the most accurate thing I can think of when it comes to Star Wars, um, as far as from an outside perspective. And I think as time goes on, we'll say the same thing about Book of Boba Fett. I really do. Mm -hmm. You know, if you were to sit down and binge seven episodes, which that would take probably about six and a half, seven hours, you know, if you're going to be, you know, that's a whole day right there. But if you do it, awesome, you know, and you're going to get to see a full story. Um, and it, it marries so well with Mandalorian and Return of the Jedi, which is perfect, in my opinion. Mm. Um, now, as far as the mayor goes, it reminds me a lot of the series Gotham. I don't know. Did you ever watch Gotham, Caleb? I did not. When it was on? Mm -mm. I, I, I remember watching it when I was in college. It was in my third year of college when it premiered. And me and a couple of my buddies, we would go over to a friend's house or gang up in someone's dorm room and just huddle around a laptop and watch it together. We were so obsessed with it. Well, in the first few seasons, maybe the first season for sure, you really see how the mayor of Gotham is not really, he's just a puppet and he ends up getting played. It's not really a big spoiler. It just, it's a minor spoiler, I guess, for Gotham, but that mayor ends up getting played. And clearly this mayor here, uh, Mark Shaiz, gets played too so things like that i think are important notes to, to remind us what this series was inspired by you sure. know mafia and you know a little bit of western you know spaghetti western in a way you know I, if you really look at it those spaghetti westerns are are called that because they were filmed in like italy and europe you know that's kind of why they're initially called that and some italian directors 
characters as well. But at the same time, you know, you get the mafia side of it. You just draw a line, Italian mob, boom, you've got kind of your, your angle. So all of this to me is great setup. I think again, in retrospect, is going to play a huge part in this. And I'm going to say that word a lot. I feel like tonight, sure, but, sure. but this is where I'm at. And that's kind of what I'm thinking on it. You know, if I look back over the last few weeks, I'm going to think, you know what, this, this was good. This is good stuff, you know, and I, I don't mind how this went at all. Yeah. And, and that's one thing that I look forward to doing is going back and watching all of them consecutively and seeing how my perspective changes uh, instead of it going like week to week, week by week schedule, you know, because yeah. when you're going week by week schedule, it's easy to be caught up in, oh, that episode wasn't as cool as I was hoping for, because you're wanting every week, you're wanting the, the most epic thing. But I think once you sit down, you watch it all play out. And, right. and like you said, in retrospect, we know that it was the Pikes all along. And I think like, you know, once you can get off the speculation high horse that I was on the entire show, the entire we season, were, though. we can we appreciate it a little bit more for sure. Oh, no, we, we were all on the speculation train and yeah. th there's nothing wrong with being on the speculation train. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, as RFB has been uh, fantastic about reminding us over <laughs> yeah. the last several, several weeks is just manage those expectations. And it's so hard to do that when you want something so epic to happen, like sure, Kira sure. showing up or. Han Solo, I know it was one of our, our Mando chat uh, people the other day said, I think Han's going to show up and drop off Grogu. And I'm like, there is no <laughs> chance of that happening. But yeah. um, things like that go into our minds. But again, you go back and look at retrospect. It changes so much of what your perception was initially that when you can sit down and watch it as one thing, you end up enjoying it more, I feel like. At least that's from my perspective. Yeah. No, and I, I find myself that way with a lot of things, too. With a lot of things. Now, speaking of somebody dropping off Grogu, it wasn't Han Solo, but it was another legacy character. And that's what's it next was. in this uh, episode. And X-Wing flies into Moss Eisley to Pelimoto's. Grogu arrives, and it's revealed that R2-D2 flew the X-Wing the whole way, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, Grogu is wearing the best car under his normal kind of robe, so he made a decision. Now, I would love some more background behind that decision, but hey, it's it's all good. You know, we can just assume how it went. And then uh, before, you know, we continue with the plot, Grogu gets to sit down and enjoy a nice meal there as Pelimoto greets him, says that his name is basically trash and whatever. But <laughs> what did you think of Grogu's arrival? It seemed inevitable, you know. Mm -hmm. The, the, the truth is chapter five really answered that question for us. We already knew he was coming as early as chapter five because the droid compartment on the N one was hollowed out with a nice little dome there. Big facts. Now, come on. I mean, that was just the most obvious thing in the whole, the whole series is that that was going to happen. So it never, it never was a thing for me to consider, okay, where is he going? Sure. You know, a couple of people asked me, like, where do you think he's going to be a Jedi? Things are being I'm like, I don't know. I just kept it secret to myself. I was just like, I already know he's becoming, you no, know, he's going to be go back to being a foundling. Mm -hmm. And for me, I, and I, I love this, there's this connection that it, the, the Beskar armor he's wearing, the, the chain mail looks like Mithril, the, the shiny shirt that Frodo wears in Lord of the Rings underneath his stuff. So the reveal of that to me was very similar to Fellowship of the Ring. 
and I'm going to go back to Lord of the Rings a lot. I think our listeners know that, but for me, that's, I thought it was fantastic. I think the decision makes sense. And as you've said so many times, Caleb, Disney wants um, to get that paper, you know, they want to, they want to see, um, as blue, as bright suns media says here in the chat, they want to see Grogu in the starfighter car seat. Okay. Thanks. And yeah. that's, that's, I think we all want to see that. And I know Disney and, and whoever the heck's in charge over there wants to see all that too. So, yeah, no, absolutely. Now this is kind of one of the things that I am still struggling with as well. Mm-hmm. So bring it, bringing something up here. First of all, Grogu coming back. Awesome. Him, him showing yeah. up this way, R2D2 dropping him off. Incredible. Loved it. The only thing that I'm struggling with regarding this is I just feel like the separation of Grogu and Din Djarin in season two might not just be as emotional as it was in the moment because they, they got back together so quick, it seems like, quicker than I, than what we in, in, had anticipated. So that's just one thing that, that kind of went along with that. And that's probably why on Tuesday during our predictions, I didn't mention Grogu because I didn't necessarily feel like we absolutely needed to see him. But boy, the payoff as far as what occurs with Grogu and uh, Din Djarin later in the episode was well worth it. So so there's pros and cons. Obviously, the pros probably outweigh the cons because it's Star Wars and anything positive in Star Wars is two thumbs up for me. <laughs> thumbs up. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I really do agree with that for sure. And it always makes for fun content whenever you see people happy. You know, you want to make the viewers want to be happy. You know, storytellers want to make people happy. And mm-hmm. Grogu does that. <laughs> yes, he does. And he gets an audience that admittedly might not always check in. And I would yeah. say that my wife probably falls under that category and many others fall under that category. Yes, but absolutely. Very cool that he came in. Let's go ahead and continue in the episode. We are told or it's revealed that kind of the stakes, what Boba and Finnick plan to do to kind of understand what the Pikes are up to. Gamorians are at the Clatoonian starport. Carsantin is in the Trandoshan territory and the mod squad is in the Aqualish Workers District, keeping an eye on all of the Pike's movements. That's the plan. Uh, now, it's later revealed that maybe they shouldn't have necessarily been as worried about the Pikes, but maybe those potential crime lords and, and those uh, species around them. But hey, it is what it is. But that set the stakes. And, and we'll come back to those the things that transpire at those different locations. But let's get to the next moment where Cad Bane and Boba Fett come face to face. <laughs> Man, was this awesome. It was cool to see them just talking back and forth and just giving each other lip. Uh, Bane reveals to Boba that he paid a visit to Freetown, and he reveals that he wiped out Cobb Vanth and that basically none of them are coming. Uh, Bane reveals also that the Pikes wiped out the Tuscans to Boba, which basically sets Boba off and tensions begin to rise. It looks like Boba's about to get that EE three rifle and just spray. Uh, and who knows? And well, we, we get what could, what would have happened later in the episode, right. but, but really great tension. And then Phoenix steps in. She's the calm head. She's the clear head. She's the cool one talks Boba out of a shootout saying, basically, you know what? We'll do this when we deem necessary. So you do not fall into this trap Boba. And she luckily talks him, talks him out of that. What were your thoughts on this face to face? I thought it was incredible. I Brightson's media took the words out of my mouth in the chat said tension. The tension was real 
here. And it what I think it was real and you could definitely feel it, even if you don't know anything about Cad Bane and Boba's history. Mm-hmm. And you we actually get a lot of history through their two encounters in this episode that wasn't previously on screen, I don't think. Um, and it was at least to my knowledge, we didn't see a whole lot of Cad and Boba interaction, if any, in Clone Wars. Um, and that that may be something that they bring into Bad Batch, which I think would be beneficial at this point so. to give a little backstory. That's a great point because they've na- they've made the effort to name drop Boba Fett in the Bad Batch as well. I do think that that is a high possibility. Not to mention that Cad Bane abducted yes. what is, who is essentially Boba Fett's sister. Yep. You know, so it makes sense that that would be a revisit and. Again, we we don't ever we know from Book of Boba Fett that Finnick and Boba can't meet until like for the first time until right, um, right Book of Boba Fett. So having those two things happen side by side will be a lot of fun to see how the I don't remember who the showrunner is for Bad Batch because it's not Filoni. Somebody took over that for Filoni. Um, but either way, whoever's in charge, it's going to be fun to see what they do with the writing on that. Uh, if they do, if they do decide to do that. Um, but as far as what we're talking about right here, this face to face, the amount of tension that it created actually made for the ending f- uh, fight between the two of them that much better. And I would have r- liked to have seen like a full day pass mm. where they're like held up in the sanctuary Alamo style. Um, I would have preferred to see that. Now, I'm okay with it happening in a whole day. That's kind of like a small complaint I have is that I wish it had taken place over the course of like a day, you know, yeah. a day and a night. Yeah. But um, And maybe like a night raid scenario or something like that. I don't know. Maybe maybe they don't do that because they already spent a lot of time at night with Boba in the first four chapters of this series. Um, but, you know, whatever on that. But anyway, all that to say, this whole instance where Fennec talks Boba out of the shootout, was great and she before anybody else understands how upset boba would be over hearing this information because mm-hmm. she was there when boba wiped out those uh nikto speed bikers right right yeah. yeah she gets the hatred that he had toward what he believed the the group of people that wiped out his tribe his yeah. his crew uh Shout out to Michelle saying hello in the chat. XDO12 says Finnick was the real Boba Fett all along. I like that one. Rafa says this moment was awesome. When you know all the background of them, you can enjoy it too much. Yeah, and, and I would say this scene, you know, and I would love to be in, in the eyes and in the brain of somebody that's never seen these characters or never seen Cad Bane before. Uh, but this scene, because we know of these two characters, it, it really yeah. was well we were fed. We were fed with these moments. Yeah. And you know, somebody who'd be really great for that would actually maybe be Zach Horvath, because if to my knowledge, he's still never seen Clone Wars, but he has seen because he did Bad Batch spoilers with me. That's so he has right. seen Cad Bane. That's right. Yeah. My, I knew I knew that I've forgotten. Well, maybe he's not the right person <laughs> to ask, but I, I, I think my wife would be a good person to ask if I could ever get her to sit down and watch these shows <laughs> with me. It'd be great. But um, there you she's go. just not into it. Mar- we do more. <laughs> Marvel together. I've sure. I've I've let the I've let the nerd card go on Star Wars. It's okay. Burn, I just do that one. <laughs> uh, I have to say before we leave this, one of my favorite shots of the, this entire series was the sun 
uh fading or like getting behind cad bane like it was above his head yes. and then it goes to behind his head that the, mm-hmm. the way that that was shot and i know online there's a lot of you just roasting robert rodriguez with some shots but this was one shot that i am dying on a hill was one of the best ones of the show so far well was, was it that was cad bane frame <laughs> it was a perfect parallel to mando season one because Yes, there's that. Yes. Sh- there's that. Did you notice that initially or, mm-hmm. or no? Because I noticed it right off the bat. I mean, the second the sun came behind Cad Bane, I was like, oh, it's like that shot in Mandalorian. Like I was like, oh, there it is. You know, I, I was stoked about um, of seeing that shot. So for me, it made all the sense in the world that that was the direction that Robert Rodriguez went with. Yeah, um, I thought that was a beautiful moment. Yeah, absolutely beautiful moment. Yeah, no, absolutely. And something else, as you mentioned, Mandalorian season one. I just thought of for a moment how there are kind of similarities here between Boba's finale and season one Mando finale of them being stuck in that cantina and, and being yes the stormtroopers yes. and Moff Gideon just kind of keeping them trapped and them having to come up with a way to get out of there. And then all of a sudden, IG-11 comes and rescues, similar to how we have these groups that come in and rescue Boba and Din Djarin at the end of the day. So, hey, there's some parallels. It's poetry. It rhymes. It rhymes. It rhymes. (laughs) I was going to say that. Zach says, I will say, I wish we got more of Cad Bane if this is how the season was going to end. I think that's a fair point. Um, this is something that I said to DJ off air. I'm excited to continue to get Cad Bane in animation. I feel like for some reason that character just thrives in that format. So we'll still be getting him some more, but I, but I get it. I mean, in live action, yeah, it was pretty cool to see him. So I, I get what you're saying there. Anything else there in the chat that we should mention? Let's see. Ryan tells us just to skip to the end. And to him, I say no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you're here for the ride, baby. Let me tell you, you're here for the ride, even if it's on a Vespa scooter in Star Wars. Fair. You're here. For, it's going <laughs> fair. And then Zach, of course, calls it out. He says, I know you talking about the spinning yeah. twirl shot from the mod. Yeah. Yeah. Read, reading between the lines there. But I, it's not something that bothered me. I have to admit for me personally, didn't bother me. I know it is bothering some people, but hey, it is. It is. I'll, what ro- it is. I, I'll give my take slash roast on that shot here in a minute. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. Let's get to next up in the episode. The crime Lords. Then it's revealed that they set up Boba Fett and they begin attacking the gang spread across Moss Espa. Gamorians fall to their death. Some mods are killed and Kersantan is badly injured. Uh, it, while all of this goes down, Finnick heads to Moss Eisley to find the Pike Syndicate leader. That's her next plans, because at this point, I guess it's uh, you can't kill the snake without ripping off its head kind of a thing. Uh, And then on her way, though, she clears out some Aqualish to allow the mods to head to the sanctuary. Very crime lord underground type of plot moment here. What did you think of, of this reveal? For me, I wasn't surprised at all i know that was in hindsight i just now thought of it didn't you say one of your predictions was that they were going to stay completely out of it but i'm actually kind of glad that it turned out this way because it created that tension and that war buildup that i felt like was deserving of a finale it created the tension but it 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 wasn't it created more tension i'll give you that i just i still would have preferred it just be let's just focus on the pikes Mm. you know i would have rather that been the case because 
there would have been a little bit more to develop for people who weren't familiar with the Pikes, you know, unlike us hardcore fans. Um, but it's not I'm it's not a deal breaker for me. I'm just sad the Gamorians fell to their death. Dude, that Those was tough. Gam- that was like and I, normally it's like you, if you watch Return of the Jedi, you're like, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're rooting for the Rancor to eat the the piggy, you know, but um and rafa throws these pig emojis in our chat i think it's hilarious but um well i mean they're squealing like a pig the whole way down (laughs) yeah and and they they probably would you know i mean an actual pig falling off a cliff would squeal i feel like but all that to say you know what it's not a big deal at the end of the day it's you know it kind of whittles down the team that boba has to work with the thing that i and this is how dorky i am with star wars i've always thought that like moss isley and moss espo were like really far away from one another they're like twin cities i think at this point that's how well how else could fennec get to moss isley so quickly you know i mean (laughs) <laughs> that's a that's for me something that I've like a running joke behind the scenes for me is just like how fast Boba and Finnick have been able to go from palace to city just walking. So I yeah. mean I feel like all rules regarding that have it's been just like, scrapped. <laughs> it's like in in the in the Muppet movies they just travel by map. That's what yeah. they're doing. They're just traveling by. You just it's like Indiana Jones, the red dot, and then you're just there. You know, and well, all, and I know happens. you you won't get this reference, but maybe some of you in the chat. It's what Game of Thrones ended up turning into as well. Like people were traveling by ship, and it's a long distance, but but they were there overnight. So it's just one of those things where it's just moving the plot along just way too quickly for common sense to actually be applied, but whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's where we go too deep and to analyze too much and then (laughs) we reel it back, you know, but still, you know, I I would be curious to see what the actual distance is between those two cities. Sure. Yeah. Personally, but that's, that's kind of my take on all this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's go ahead and continue to move forward here. Uh, Pikes begin arriving at the sanctuary to begin all out war. Din Djarin, this was a really cool moment for me. Din Djarin doubles down on sticking with Boba to fight. Boba asks Din if he buys into that Bantha fodder as far as like the, I guess, Mandalorian way kind of. He questions him. Din says he does. And I thought it was really cool when Boba says good. Like, yeah, I'm I'm proud of you for sticking to your ways and, and just kind of sticking to it. I, I respect that from Boba, even though obviously he doesn't associate with that whatsoever. Uh, then Din and Boba commit to a plan. And, you know, that quote is made of die in the name of honor. And Mando says this is a way this is the way. And I really thought there for a second that Boba Fett was going to say it back. And if he had, I would have lost it. What did you think of the this dialogue moment here before the stakes got high between these two? I'll walk backwards through what you just talked on. So this is the way scene. I thought that was great because Mm -hmm. to me, it said from Din to Boba, it was, I consider you a part of my tribe, my clan. That's what it, that's how it felt to me. And I love that. I, I, again, I said at the top of the show, like a brotherhood, a brother in arms type of situation. And this is where we get that uh, in the name of honor you know, tagline is just explicitly said in this episode, which I don't think has just straight up happened 
throughout uh, the Mandoverse thus far. Mm. Maybe the child. That's about it. But you know, other other certain things you know weren't just said as far as a title goes. Not like this one. So I loved that. Now then, I want to go back to the scene where Boba says, "Do you believe in that? Really going to believe in that Bantha fodder?" Mm-hmm. As a as a Christian, you know, as a professing Christian, I've had those kinds of conversations with people who don't believe like me. They're like, are you really going to believe that? And I'm like, yeah. And then I've also had conversations with those same people who will then say, I'm glad you can believe that I can't. And he and I asked them, why do you think or why do you why are you OK with the fact that I believe it? And they're like, well, at least you have something to believe in, you know, is what mm-hmm. I hear a lot. And that to me is a perfect, you know parallel to what we're seeing here boba's like we're in a hopeless situation and den's like well i've got some hope you know i I can hold on to a little bit of hope here and for den also he's been through a situation like this yes season one so he knows what it's like to go through something like this and i think that's something very cool for boba to to understand maybe and for den to also say wow i've been here before history's repeating itself and I think that's a beautiful take on on well the the Mandalorian religion as it has been up to this point because this is the first time I've ever looked at the Mandalorian religion and thought this is not a cult this is something that's actually like like I could see sure. like if I lived in this world I I could get behind that you know um, well, and I think that's a beautiful like, thing seems like Din Djarin may be kind of changing the the quote-unquote the way a little bit the way yeah to to make it more so (laughs) non-cultish well he has yeah it's true well he he was excommunicated from the cult so to speak and so and there's gonna be some and i can't wait for his journey um come the end of this year as it's been rumored so um when we get to mando three it's gonna be something very fun to watch as he works through what is the way and to him to him right now, the way is to stand in arms with mm-hmm. with a fellow warrior, bounty hunter, however you want to look at it. That's how I look at this. So by far my favorite scene in mm. the entire episode, it might be my favorite scene in the whole series mm. uh, of Book of Boba Fett because it, just, it really was so emotionally driven and so well done. And you can really feel... Uh, Pedro Pascal's performance come through in that voice work. I don't think he was actually on set for no, this show. No, I don't think show. so either. It, I think he was too busy with uh, like yeah. Last of Us for sure. If he was on set for this show, it was Chapter 5. I will say that. But then again, because by if you look at Chapter 5 versus Chapter 6, uh, really, I'm looking at the neck. The neck on Din Djarin looks thinner in 6 versus 5. So I'm thinking Pedro may have been in five and, not, and maybe not six, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. As far as chapter seven goes, the voice work Pedro did, he really, for me, and I've said this on the show, I, I would rather just someone like Brendan Wayne had mm. just gotten the role than Pedro. Not to say that I dislike what Pedro's done. He He's done a fantastic job. Um, and it really shown through, I think, in this scene for me. Uh, to me, if if this show gets an Emmy nomination, it's going to be because of this episode. Um, and it's going to be because of that scene, I feel yeah. like. You know, I just loved it that much. I, I have to admit, I'll be shocked if this series gets any Emmy nominations based on the critic response. I will be very... Now, it'll probably get like sound and, and editing and stuff like that. But outside of your basic like Star Wars typical Emmy nominations, like it's not going to get best 
television show like the Mandalorian season two did it, it. I don't expect that at all, but Hey, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Next up the mayor, the mayor's major domo top tier character at this point. Love this dude. I'm so glad he didn't get eaten by rancor. He interjects. It's revealed that he specialized in negotiations on Coruscant and offers to try to bargain with the Pikes for Boba. And basically, he trots out there thinking, ooh, I'm going to do something good. I'm going to help these guys get out of here. And basically, Boba's offer is death. And and essentially, what this allows is for Boba and Din to buy some time to eventually fly in on their jetpacks and begin wrecking shop. And this was phenomenal. Uh, stuff here it was great to see first of all the knee rockets the whistling birds the wrist rockets boba and din just just worked so well in these moments and it was so so cool now they do end up getting kind of overwhelmed i thought there for a second you know you got those jetpacks get back up there you know get the high ground again once you start getting wiped but hey, yeah. whatever it is, what it is, it was it was a pretty cool, pretty cool scene. What did you think of these moments? It, it again, brothers in arms. I mean, it's what it felt like to me. It it was. Let me try. I'm trying to think of another comparison. You know that I haven't already made tonight. The, the best comparison I can think of is watching like Gimli and Legolas side by side at Helm's Deep. You know, mm. they're competing. You know, but they're still like. Uh, you know, uh, fighting together. And then when you get to return to the King, you know, they're like, I never thought I would die, die side by side with an elf. And then yeah. he goes, how about side by side with a friend? To me, that was this moment, you know, watching them just, it brought me so much joy. Like I was, I was just, I was sitting on the couch and on top of that, I was up at three in the morning with my daughter. So I'm holding my daughter and I'm like, I'm enjoying star Wars while holding my baby girl. And to me, there was just nothing sweeter in that moment for me. So watching that that performance, you know, was enhanced by having Timry with me. But it was also really cool to see, man, this is a legacy character and a, a now well-loved and well-established character being Din Djarin, um, the latter of those, being just right there in, in face. So watching them get to fight next to each other and fly around. And I want to say this about the jetpack stuff, okay? Yeah. Yeah. At first, the jetpack flying to me seemed a little comical, but mm. have you seen those those videos of the people with the water jetpacks mm -hmm. who will it's like connected to like a sea do and they're like flying yeah. all over the place? It looked like that. So I'm I'm curious if the physics of it was applied from certain you know elements like we have here in the real world. I'm just that's more me just being. I don't really think much on science, but I am right now. I've thought about science quite a bit recently. It's kind of weird. Um, cause I hate, I hate math and science very much. Um, it was, especially the chemical and like, you know, the covalent bonds and I don't get any of that and all that fun stuff. Um, Oh, I have to say this though. I read a spoiler thread of this episode the other day and the first comment on the spoiler thread was this big buffer post. And it was just a Wikipedia article on explaining the periodic table of elements that <laughs> nice. cracked me up. It was just like, it was crazy long. Long, but it was it was so funny anyway off of that love this scene knee rockets wrist rockets uh, jetpacks you know silver and green just right there on on the on the screen it was uh, makes my yeah. heart happy i can die great. i can die happy i can die happy honestly i really there you could. go 
Well, I, I need to hold out until I see Kenobi. <laughs> uh, I rescind my previous statement. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, well, it, it looks like they're overwhelmed, but then the people of Freetown arrive and begin taking out some pikes. Then the mods arrive and even injured Black Kersantan makes his way there and arrives as Boba kind of rescues him before he gets killed. So that was kind of a tender and, and cool little moment there that they they that they got to share. And again, in my notes here, I'll just read it, even though I feel like we already said this, Boba and Din worked phenomenally throughout this entire sequence. And it seems like they made the Pikes fall back. But of course, as we know, once that happened, I kind of viewed the ticker to see how much time was left in the episode. There was way too much time for that to be it. So next thing you know, these big droids just show up. Never seen anything like these two massive droids, but but they got some pretty hardcore shields because Boba uses his jetpack rocket. I don't, I don't remember what that thing's called. Do you remember the specific canonical name for that rocket that shoots out of his jetpack? Is there anything? Is it not is it not a rocket? It might be. I don't know. I didn't know if there was I like a, it was a canonical yeah. answer. And, and if there is, no, I'm I, sure I don't know. I'm sure RFB might know, so he might be able to back us up there but even that didn't take out the shield so the mods freetown fighters and kersantan begin to run away as boba and din attempt to distract the things heat nor the dark saber and i was very surprised to see the dark saber make an appearance in this but it, it makes sense you know he tries to penetrate the shield with it doesn't work then Boba announces that he's going to bounce for some reinforcements. Din is there left to kind of protect the others, and he attempts to distract one of the droids. That's to try to help uh, the others, but the other one still keeps chasing them, so he doesn't really protect them all that much, but does a little bit. What did you think yeah. of these two droids? Because for me, I, I was a little put off by them initially, but then I thought, oh, those are kind of cool. Mm -hmm. I enjoy those. What do you think? Well, well, first of all, the first thing they reminded me of was Droidicas from the prequels. They they looked like gigantic Droidicas. And upon <laughs> yeah, further upon further investigation uh, today on Facebook in another mm -hmm. group, I found um, somebody had posted concept art pieces for Attack of the Clones by Doug Chang. Really, it was those droids. Really, those were Yeah, those were going to be used in the Battle of Geonosis. Well, then but I just need to retract everything I just said there. They're 100% awesome then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you, for me, I was, I'm sitting there watching like, these look like droidicas. And then I was yeah. like, I feel like I've seen these before. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know where. I mean, I, my parents love going to like Barnes and Noble, go, like going to bookstores. So when I was a kid, sure. I hated going to bookstores, but I would go to like the, where the Star Wars books were. And I would find like the visual dictionaries. And I know I saw that in a visual dictionary in a Barnes and Noble. And nice. so I, that was years ago though. I mean, Thank that was you, probably 2000. Yeah. It was probably like 2000. Yeah. Uh, you <laughs> and your coffee. Thank you so much. Um, but like it was years ago, you know, probably 20 years ago. So now seeing it on Facebook today, I was like, Oh my goodness. I remember seeing this. So it makes it so much better when you know that we have Boba Fett fighting something that would have been used in his first canonical appearance. Man. Good stuff. Good soup. It's good. Good, good soup. soup. <laughs> always so to me loved it everything about this this stuff was great for me and yeah. again watching back with retrospect it's gonna blow your freaking mind you know think it's, so it's, too think so too good stuff 
Uh, Rafa says, yeah, the droids reminded me of droidicas from the Clone Wars, 100%. Uh, Michelle, don't worry about you being an English teacher and making a mistake. The other day, I completely goofed on some math. So, hey, all good. All good. <laughs> okay, so next up in the episode, some pretty cool stuff, some pretty emotional stuff. Pelimoto arrives in the streets of Moss Espa with Grogu, and uh, Grogu and Din embrace. And I'll be honest, folks, I always shoot you straight. I was the first time I was watching it, I was in this chair. I was, it was five o'clock in the morning. And I'm enjoying the finale of the book of Boba Fett. And I see Grogu looks at Din. And then all of a sudden, the cute the second week in a row, the cutest little jump ever right into Din Jaren's arms. <laughs> Cue the emotions, folks. It was flowing. <laughs> it was flowing. I'm sitting here. Oh my goodness. <laughs> just sobbing at this moment. I talked That's about awesome. earlier. That's great. I talked about earlier in this episode that I in this podcast, as we were discussing that I felt like it was too soon for this, but still it paid off for me. So I can't really just be too negative about it. What did you think DJ? <laughs> Again, holding my baby girl yeah. watching a yeah. father son reunion of sorts. You know, I was, it, it was definitely emotional for me and I only got emotional because I was like, I know what that feels like. You know, you're just like, I, 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 today I had to go get the oil changed in the car and I come back and, and, um, I see my, my daughter, I was like, eh, I missed you. You know, you kind of just do one of the, you get, you know, teary eyed and then you're like, I'll oh, suck it up, you know, and you move on. But at sure. that point, I, I was definitely, um, as you put in our notes, emotional <laughs> damage. Like, I was, Dude, I was, I thought of that TikTok as soon as. <laughs> I had those emotions, yes. man. I wish I had yes. a, a, a reaction video going so I could make that TikTok <laughs> of me sobbing in this moment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a good moment for sure. And um, I'm still the only problem I still have with it is did Pelimoto take that droid taxi okay, okay, all the way from Moss Eisley? Again, like, hey, again it's, just how, a, it's just a let's speed up the plot. Far, let's go. How far away? <laughs> It, is she? I don't know. I just I know I'm being dumb, but well, admittedly, so, it was night when Grogu showed up. So, ooh, so there was some time. OK, they, they could have made that that travel okay. that trek. Headcanon accepted, Caleb. Headcanon accepted. OK, there you go. You <laughs> you made me feel better about the mods <laughs> earlier. And now I'm making you feel better about travel and distance. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Look, we can figure out the uh, midpoint in between. Moss Eisley and and Moss Espa, you know, D equals the square root of. <laughs> can you keep your isosceles triangles and such to yourself, please? I don't want to do any of that. Triangles today. had nothing to do with that, but whatever. whatever. It does if you factor in Freetown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Here we go. Here we go. All right. <laughs> Pretty cool stuff. Really great stuff here. It's just still it's still kind of weird to me that we got these moments in Book of Boba Fett, admittedly. But, hey, I'll take it. It was Mando at the end of the day. At the end of the yeah. day, it's not called the Book of Boba Fett. It's called Star Wars, the Book of Boba yes. Fett. And we got some Star Wars, folks. And it was great Star Wars with these two characters reuniting. 
and it's Mando season 2.5. Yes. That was that has been that now people have been making that a joke and not knowing that that was already stated. That, that was a I don't thing. know. You, yes. Yeah. Have you seen these comments? I've seen yeah. these comments and, and tweets and Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. I've seen them everywhere. And TikTok, we're like, this is just Mandalorian season 2.5. Well, no crap. That's what Robert Rodriguez said three months ago. Yeah. You know, like, and I know people aren't going to go off and be like us and do a podcast and do all this fun research like we've been sure. doing for a year now, you know, or you've been doing it for like two years almost at this point, um, if not two years. And I'm just sitting here like three years. Okay. Excuse me. The pandemic screwed me up. I don't know what year <laughs> it is. Okay. Anyway, all that to say it's been being said. Okay. So for everybody out there who may be watching or listening and you are hearing us say this, tell your friends and family and random people on the internet who keep saying that jokingly that they have no idea what they're actually talking about. Okay. It's not that hard. Okay. I'm done. Soapbox exited. Go on. <laughs> okay. Well, fair enough. Okay. So <laughs> continuing in the episode, the FET squad decides to stop running and stand their ground and fight the droid that's going after them and Boba Boba arrives on the Rancor. We get the moment. We didn't need any training. Honestly, I feel like it's okay for me that, that we got all of that kind of behind the scenes. I have to admit, I got King Kong vibes as he was riding that Rancor as it was going toe to toe with the droid. I felt like I was watching Kong versus Godzilla again, just in star Wars. Uh, so really cool. Those scenes that were going down. As the Rancor is putting some damage on this thing, Din sneaks in the shields to stab the droid with the Darksaber. And then, of course, to wrap it all up, basically, Grogu steps out, uses the Force to prevent the droid from hurting Din, which it looks like it's fixing to, and the Rancor officially steps in and wipes that thing out. What did you think of uh, death number one to droid number one? That was fun. Well, that and Boba being on the scene. Rancor. Jeez, you haven't even well, talked yeah. about that yet. Speak well, on that. I'll, I'm, I'm going backwards. I'm going backwards. Do I it. liked watching Din have that close encounter with the droid and Grogu having his part. The way he caught that thing and, and you know, fell back and did his yeah. little flip. Hey, one of my predictions came true. He did a crazy <laughs> flip. Um, um, I just realized that. I was sitting here the whole time. He didn't do any flips. No, he did. He caught that thing and then went rolling backwards. So oh, most ridiculous we'll give it prediction. To you on a technicality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Regardless, it, it, and he did use the force to create those flips. Just saying. But anyway, um, that was cool. I loved that. Now, now, as soon as Boba came through with the Rancor, I was like, oh, it's like Jaws meets King Kong, and I love the original 1933 King Kong. I love, I mean, I love that. I adore that movie. So for me, it was like King Kong and Godzilla and Jaws and Boba Fett. And it was just, it was the dopest thing you'd ever seen. And all the sounds of the Rancor, it was just flooding back memories of enjoying Return of the Jedi when I was a kid. I mean, it just, it, it was so much fun because I used to want to be Luke Skywalker and fight the Rancor. And now sure. I'm like, can I, can I be Boba Fett and ride the Rancor now? And yeah, and it, it was, was so, it was so beautiful. It was very much a had to have been inspired by a kid playing with toys. Like 
maybe that, that is a that is a just kid playing with toys kind of idea. You got Boba Fett. You got a Rancor. Let's have Boba Wreck Shop riding this thing. Incredible stuff. It, it was a kid's brain coming true, and it was great. And it was, and that kind of connects to RFB saying Star Wars is best when it's weird. Yeah, sometimes that is absolutely facts. It's it's weird to think about somebody riding a Rancor. Like you said, when, when you watch Return of the Jedi, you always thought, oh, I want to be Luke Skywalker and get rid of that stupid, ugly thing. Cool, big, yeah. but ugly thing that that is just kind of weird. Well, but then Boba rides yeah, I mean, and you're like, a- my goodness. <laughs> And I don't want to beat a dead horse on this too much, but, you know, when Lucas did Return of the Jedi, he likened the, you know, the Rancor to the hero fighting the dragon to save the princess, which is what was happening. And to Mm -hmm. a certain extent, when you look at this, it's like, I don't, I'm not as familiar with Game of Thrones as you are, but I do know that in How to Train Your Dragon, they take the thing, the beast and learn to ride it and becomes a part of their culture. I'm assuming that happens at Game of Thrones. Someone's got to ride a dragon in that in that series at some point. Definitely. Okay, see, there's so there's my that's the point, though, I'm making is you take the thing that's familiar and you say, okay, now let's say it's still familiar, but let's put it in a different context. And again, I like your comparison that it's like a kid playing with toys, even because I know when I was a kid, I used to put stormtrooper action figures in my N1 starfighter, you know, toy and fly around like that. I mean, I. I did that for hours as a kid. I was like, man, what if a stormtrooper flew one of these things? I always thought stuff like that. So it makes perfect sense that somebody would say, what if Boba rides a Rancor? And here it is on screen for us to love forever. You know, poetry, just absolute awesomeness. Yep. It rhymes. It rhymes. All right. Well, well, let's keep going here in the episode. Freetown fighters and mod squad begin giving out some damage as Boba in the Rancor arrives to officially wipe out droid number two. Uh, Pelly and Major Domo meet, and they have some cool moments. I put here in the in the notes. Give them a show, baby. They were hilarious together. That's sarcastic, folks. Trust me. I don't I need so. to see a show between the two. That that's a total joke. But hey, I love the two characters. You know what meet. though? They they, they banter would, well together. It would be great if in Mandalorian season three we have an episode where we revisit them and they're uh-huh. like now like partners or they're dating. I mean, Pelimoto already said she dated a Jawa. I mean, dating a Twi'lek isn't that far out of reach at this probably point. Probably an so. upgrade, honestly. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, and and I'm not one of those shippers. I don't ship people, <laughs> sure. but I'm I'm kind of shipping them. I like I like the idea of them being friends at the very Fair least, enough. you know. Oh, for sure. I think it'd be I think it'd be a lot of fun to watch them interact more in the future. And I hope that that is something that does happen where we yeah. get um, that going on for sure. Absolutely. So the, the, but don't give them a show. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> well, the pikes are slowly getting wiped out and we get a moment where the rancor gets the feast. I wanted to point that out. We talked about it. It wasn't the major domo. It wasn't the water dude earlier in the show, but it was just a pike. Of course, that's cool. Uh, chops them in half, but then Cad Bane arrives and we get this awesome moment. Number two between the characters of Boba and Cad Bane. Now Boba uses flames to throw Boba off the rancor and the rancor retreats from the flame. So that rancor is completely free. So we'll come back to that in a minute but boba and cad bane come face to face once more of course they have this showdown bane definitely wins the draw boba's armor saves him repeatedly and bane rips the helmet off of boba bane wins 
Okay, but then, of course, as villains always like to do, they talk too much sometimes. And so Cad Bane is talking and I got these quotes and I want to read them just because I think it'll help us maybe conversate some more about this moment. Uh, Bane says, you've got your father's blood pumping through your veins. You're a killer. This isn't the first time I beat you out on a job. There's no shame in it. Consider this my final lesson. Look out for yourself. Anything else is weakness. Now, after he says that, I think that's when kind of, when Boba takes over. He uses the gaffy stick. And then his final quote before the stabbing is, I knew you were a killer. Pretty cool lines, great delivery, and especially the line that got or the two lines that got the most interest for me is the fact that he's got his father's blood pumping through him. And the fact that he said, this isn't the first time I beat you out on a job. Those two quotes really got my attention. DJ, what are your thoughts as you hear those quotes? And what are your thoughts on this showdown between these two phenomenal characters? It, it seems to me, first of all, this, this is a, a, a pairing we need to see again in um, animation. We need to see, I think we really do need to see this in Bad Batch. Because as I said earlier, we've got Omega and Cad Bane have met. Boba got the name drop. Clearly, this idea of teaching someone another lesson, as Cad Bane has said in this episode to Boba, means that he has taught him how to be a bounty hunter at some point. Um, And I guess the natural progression, if you follow Clone Wars, would be after Aura Singh's death, Boba would then have to find someone else to teach him. And I know he had Bosk, but like, Cad Bane's a better option. Um, another issue I have, a, I do have a small issue with this where he says, you've got your, bro, uh, your father's blood pumping through your veins. You're a killer mm-hmm. in Clone Wars. They repeatedly say that Django is a man of honor. And mm. I, I kind of take issue, not issue with it. I guess, you know, it's not a miss. It's not a, um, they didn't mess something up. So that's not what I'm saying. I think that, what has happened is we're seeing a different perspective on Django where Mm. when you watch attack of the clones, you're like, he's the clone template and he has been hired to do a job and he kind of meets his death by unfortunate circumstances. How I see it. Clone wars are like Django Fett, honorable man. And then now we're like, he's a killer. I'm like, well, hold on a minute. Like Mm. who, who is Django is what I want to know at this point. Like who is Django Fett? And, Mm. Unfortunately, Tamara Morrison is too old at this point to play Django Fett again because he mm-hmm. died young. So, Daniel you know, the, it, oh, ooh, mm, that's a good point. He just has to keep the helmet on the whole time, I guess. I don't sure. know. But well, I mean, it could be um, like a prequel to Attack of the Clones, maybe. Oh, I would sign up for that. I'd sign yeah. up for that in a heartbeat. You give me a Daniel Logan uh, prequel on Django Fett, I will mm. watch that until the cows come home. That's exciting. <laughs> that's, a be- that's the best idea I've ever heard for a series. Some series, I'm like, I don't need that. That one, sure. that would be awesome. I would love yeah. that. No, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm on. we're on a tangent now. Um, I, and I'm doing some like an- analyzing here just to kind of see what could be and what could have been. Um, but... All that aside, Boba does prove that he is a killer, which we've known Boba's a killer. Yeah. Um, and it's almost as if the Cad Bane's line is to the audience of who've been saying, 
you know, Boba was so much better in Legends. He was so much cooler in the original trilogy, all that kind of stuff. And and honestly, I've never really cared about those perspectives, but it's almost as if Cad Bane is saying, hey, um, all of you out there watching, if you wanted to see Boba Fett be a, a, a hardcore killer, this is that moment. Yeah. And that is a, a good thing for uh, those those particular fans to to remember, I think. And um, it, it sucks to watch a character like Cad Bane die, though. Like, I know mm-hmm. I predicted he would die, and I'm glad that I got that right, I guess, for the sake of calling it. But it feels bitter. You know, it feels bittersweet to, to say, oh, man, that guy is awesome, and I don't want him to really yeah. be gone. And then there's some speculating he's not dead. Right. And, and that was my immediate reaction. Like when they they pan the, the camera over him and we see this yeah. chest monitor beeping. I, yeah. I, that was one of the first things I sent you was uh, and you had to point that out to me. I didn't there, catch it the first time. Yeah, there, I think that that beeping monitor might be a lane to indicate that he could still make a comeback somehow. But as of right now, as of today, it's completely, I guess, open to interpretation. Obviously, most interpretations would lean toward Cad Bane is dead. But I just think that that's something to point out, something that we may come back to one day that somehow that was an indicator of him actually surviving but who knows we'll see i do want to point this out before we leave it though the plot or the decision to make boba kill him with the gaffy stick was chef's kiss beautiful as far as oh, the, was perfect the yeah. development of that character his connections with the tuscans and all of that being brought brought back for this moment because we got away from the Tuscans ever since what chapter four. Uh, I think chapter four yeah. was the last time yeah. that we saw them. So I thought that that moment really meaningful and I was very appreciative of that. Yeah, I was too. And I'm, I noticed when he came back in on the rancor, he didn't have the gaffy stick when he left the sanctuary. And um, when he came back on the rancor, he had the gaffy stick on the jetpack, which yeah, if we see Boba Fett again in the future, which I I'm betting we will, because Mandalorian has already proven that the writers want to return to Tatooine on a regular basis. I mean, two seasons and now a whole series that's taking place on it and another series coming soon. That's going to take place totally, not totally, but some on Tatooine, most likely, um, you know, Kenobi, obviously, I don't think I need to say that at this point. But it's, it says that they want to come back to Tatooine. And I'm kind of at a point like, why does everybody want to go back to Tatooine? But every time I think that, they show you me go why. Back to Jakku. I don't, I, I definitely don't want to go to Jakku, but um, I, I'm cool with going to Tatooine at this point. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. not, I'm not where I was at the beginning of the series where I was like, I'm tired of Jawas. I'm tired of Tatooine. You know, I'm tired of sand. It's coarse, it's rough, and it gets everywhere. <laughs> now I'm like, I would like to be coarse and rough everywhere for the foreseeable future which is weird yeah because like i i just i don't know i just it's it's boba the the book of boba fett has made me want to come back to tatooine Uh more often and i think it has a lot to do with the prequel love we got and the original trilogy love we got and sure there's just a lot going on here that has made me want more of what we've gotten um yeah yeah so with all that all that being said i've lost my train of thought that's fine where (laughs) <laughs> um it happened i'm so good at that 
Cad um, Bane is phenomenal. That's the train of thought. It was cool to see him make a yes. live action appearance. If he is, in fact, dead, I will be OK with it, because like I mentioned earlier in this episode, I think Bane is best in animation. I, I feel like these two episodes did kind of make me feel that way. But Bane in live action is still great. So I'm very appreciative of the moments that we got with him. Again, I have the opinion, though, and, and I may be completely wrong. I do still kind of see an opportunity of him coming back somehow, but we will see. Okay. Well, yeah. If if they can keep uh, Cobb Vanth in a back to tank after getting shot. There you go. Uh, they, they can definitely bring back Cad Bane. Absolutely. Okay. So Fett Squad. The Fett Squad is shooting at the free Rancor, which is causing havoc. Din gives Grogu the ball from the Razor Crest as he goes out there to try to attempt to calm this Rancor. Uh, but of course that doesn't work. And instead Grogu uses the force yet again to calm it down, put it to sleep. Grogu decides to cuddle up with it and take a nap. Great stuff. Great stuff. Anything that you want to add or elaborate to any of those moments? Two things. Grogu calming the rancor down was just like Ezra with the, the loath wolves, loath cats, all kinds of different creatures and rebels. Mm -hmm. And secondly, watching the rancor puppet, and Grogu have a moment, these two feats of, of puppetry, you know, I love that because Grogu is a technological, you know, per perfect, per I don't even know what to call it. it. It's just cool. He's a great puppet. He's probably the best puppet that's ever been on screen. Yeah. Um, and then combine that with the Rancor, who the first time it's ever been this big um, as a puppet, it's great to see those two um I don't even know what to call. I guess the puppeteers were just doing such a good job that I believed what I was seeing and it, it put me in that moment so well. So loved all of that so much. I thought I would love to see more like yeah, that. Absolutely. Michelle says, and when we think he can't get any cuter, Grogu snuggles with a rancor. That is absolute <laughs> truth right there. All right. Yeah. So we finally catch up with Finnick. And she does officially wipe out all of the crime lords, Mayor Mokshaiz, and the Pike Syndicate leader. A pretty brutal scene, if I'm being honest. I wasn't expecting to see the mayor hung the way he was. And she, she just wipes them all out. I won't add any more to that. I'll pass it to you, DJ. Anything you want to see about it, the final moments of all of these crime bosses? I just wish Boba had done it instead mm. Mm. that's it i think i'm glad that finnick did it because well, really outside of that ahead, what yeah. would have finnick done in the finale stayed to be a sniper instead of handing off a rifle to a random freetown citizen i guess but sure i but we needed boba there in in moss espa we needed him there mm -hmm. for that final fight you know you can't take him out what i would have preferred and I'm, I'm not a writer by any means and i've seen other stories do it like this and they probably just didn't want to do it this way i would have preferred boba at the end of the episode like a day later gone to moss espa i mean moss isley and take him out on his own like they're all trying to like we got to get off planet now let's mm. go and boba's like ah, not today Pff, seismic charge or something you know okay. um, anything like that would have been cool but sure then again but you're right you have a point what else would finnick have done mm -hmm. finnick operates best as a sneaky assassin absolutely and, like she's a good advisor 
and all that, but like she's better as a sneaky assassin, I feel like. And that to me was where this really worked. Mm-hmm. Um absolutely. You're right though. Didn't expect anybody to get hung. That's for sure. That was yeah. not something I thought we would see. Absolutely. And, and Rafa says Finnick is the best killer of the galaxy. Yeah. 100%. 100%. All right, let's I disagree. Who's better? Vader. Oh, oh, okay. Okay, of course. Of course. Of course. She said the galaxy. I'm going to loop the whole galaxy in here. I'm just saying. <laughs> Okay, let's wrap up the episode here. We've got Boba and Finnick walking the streets of Moss Espa with the gained respect of its citizens. The Fett squad is altogether available for more stories to be told. That's kind of where they wrap up. They all kind of meet in the streets just to indicate that, hey, all of these characters are still alive and well. I think we'll see them again in another story. I think they're just going to maybe pause a little bit on book of boba i am leaning toward there being a second season i just think it's going to be like i said a while where where are your thoughts on a second season for this for these characters do you think we get it or do you think we just get sprinkles of it inside the mandoverse because i can see either or honestly yeah well i can too i can definitely see either or i saw somebody on tiktok today point out the fact that uh book of boba fett has been labeled as a see like this episode a season finale not a series finale and in pre Mm -hmm. like wandavision says series finale you know right yeah that probably means they're gonna come back for a second season just for logistics sake ignoring logistics i don't think there needs to be a second season i would rather just get like let's call let's call boba and we'll go to mandalore together whatever you know Mm -hmm. like we'll we'll do it that way and then boba can buy into the quote-unquote bantha fodder you know i i mean look if han solo can go from jaded to believing in the force boba fett can go from not saying that hit someone's religion is crap and taking it all the way to okay i'm a believer now which happens all the time uh in our world so yeah you know what fair it could be something like that i don't know but I don't really care, I guess, is to say, g- give it to me one way or the other. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to get up in the morning and, and watch it and make eggs and bacon afterward. I mean, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, And for me, if they go that way, awesome. If not, just put it in Mando 3. Yeah, and that's kind of where I fall. I feel like if there's a second season of Book of Boba Fett, the destruction of the Pike Syndicate there on Tatooine would have to impact someone greater for there to be a direct connection to a second season. But if that was it, as far as the Pikes being the true big bad there, then I think it's possible to just continue this story elsewhere inside the Mandoverse. So we'll see. We'll see what they have in store, and I'm sure I'll check out whatever they decide to do. But we're not done with those characters. I do know that they're they're toys in a sandbox. They're going to keep on bringing them in wherever in the Mandoverse, anytime it's possible. But then we get the next story tease. Din and Grogu take off in the N1 for their next adventure. Of course, this is probably seemingly Mando season three, but we get the moments of Grogu being inside that droid area inside the N1, tapping on the glass, telling dad to go faster. It's too much fun. Uh, Great moments, and I can't wait to pick up on their adventure. Nothing else to add really to that, but what did you think, DJ, of this shot? of this scene and of the fact that the book of Boba Fett wraps with a closing scene of um, Din Djarin and Grogu. As far as Boba and his squad, uh, it's too happy of an ending for me. 
Mm. Yeah, I just would have rather been a little less happy, which is weird because I like happiness. I like being happy. As far as Boba, I mean, not Boba, as far as Din and Grogu go, um, that was great. It actually reminds me a lot of when I was a kid. I lived on this really small road where I grew up, real tiny road, and basically <laughs> small enough that like two large trucks couldn't go past one another. You had to get off onto like nearly in the ditch to get let somebody go by. Sure. But when I was really little, my dad had this old Cadillac and, and he bought from some old lady. And he used to pretend, we used to pretend that the lights overhead and the knobs on the radio were a hyperdrive. And so he'd sit in the car and we weren't going real fast. He's probably maximum 45 miles an hour, you know, down this street, but we were no one, you could see all the way down. No one was there. So for me watching Din and Grogu be like, let's go fast to me, reminded me of me and my dad when I was little. And it would be like, all right, setting the nav computer and we got to make sure that everything's ready. All right. You ready? All right. And punch it. And you just roll down the road. That's what it reminded me of a lot. So for me, it was really cool watching that set up i don't again i don't care that it ended on din Djarin and grogu because this Same. is mandalorian season 2.5 say it, it it's it's 2.5 it's been said it's 2.5 it beyond the jokes and that's okay it's okay because that means that by the end of this year force willing we will see more din Djarin. Mm-hmm. yeah and no, grogu. I, yeah absolutely i agree with you i just wanted to make sure that uh Make sure to yeah. see where you were as well. Okay, credits roll, but we're not done. We get an end credit scene of the back to tank and a modder working to revive Cobb Vanth. So this end credit scene for me is 1000% confirmation that we are coming back to Tatooine in the Mandoverse, regardless of what story or show they decide to do that in. But number two, I have to admit, this may have been my own fault. But this in credit scene was a little bit of a like, oh, is that it kind of moment? Because I just felt like it was too easily heavily implied already that everybody watching the show already knew that Cobb Vanth was alive and well or not well, but alive and he was going to make a return. But I get it. It's a grounded story and, and showing Timothy Oliphant is coming back as Cobb Vanth is a great and big deal. Those were my thoughts, my initial reactions from it. What about you, DJ? I think it's great that he's coming back. I, I definitely wanted to see more Cobb Vamp after he was shot. I was like, man, I really want to get him in the season finale. But yeah. um, hopefully he's back in Mando for sure. Absolutely. All right. Well, listen, guys. <laughs> Michelle says, and Cobb's hair was still perfect, even in Bacta, for sure. For sure. That's it for the book of Boba Fett after shows, man. We have wrapped. We have finished it up. I feel like we have really just had some incredible moments incredible laughs incredible times with you guys in the live chat in our mando chat as we have now along the way came up with that name while covering boba fett uh we appreciate everybody uh, our podcast listeners listening on all airwaves and and checking out our thoughts on the book of boba fett after shows will return whenever Kenobi comes back. We'll be back live on Tuesdays to, to discuss predictions. Uh, maybe when Bad Batch comes, because maybe that still does come before Kenobi. Who knows? But after shows are, are 
after shows are not going anywhere. Prediction shows are not going anywhere. I feel like I was mixing those two up there for a second. Predictions, spoiler discussions, they're not going anywhere, folks. So be sure if you haven't already subscribe on whatever platform you're on, especially YouTube. And I say that now because we are one subscriber away from 150. It'd be great to hit that 150 mark to officially end cap the series of the book of Boba Fett. So I appreciate it to everybody out there. DJ, any final words, any final thoughts that you would like to share with our listeners? This will be the last episode. I wear this thing to close it out. So thanks for, thanks for being here, everybody. Absolutely. All right, let's get out of here. We'll see you next time. And as always, we have spoken.